Hello and welcome to another episode of the Infinite Mystery Podcast. This is Rick Pidcock, and in this episode we are going to be reading and reflecting on a passage from Reiner Maria Rilke again in Rilke's Book of Hours, Love Poems to God, and this one is called Widening Circles. He says, I live my life in widening circles that reach across that reach out across the world. I may not complete this last one, but I give myself to it. I love this image here of living your life in a way that is always widening and expanding, that is reaching out, but that also is secure in the sense that it's okay that you may not get to complete this one where you're at right now. You, you always know that at any moment, perhaps life might end and you won't be able to finish what it is that you are investing in. And yet you're going to give yourself to it anyway. This This idea of expanding your awareness and your life is something that people have been doing for thousands of years. When we go back to Psalm 8, the psalmist says, when I look at your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and stars that you have established, what are human beings that you are mindful of them, mortals that you care for them? And so here, thousands of years ago, we have this psalmist who is looking at the cosmos and wondering about human identity in light of what they're seeing. And it's kind of ironic because these were people who believed in a, that the entire cosmos was a relatively small, flat earth under a dome. And... You know, they, they then when the the New Testament writers came in, they started talking about different levels of heavens, like the third heaven, for example. And then when you move on from that, you had Lactantius in the third century, who was an advisor to Constantine, and he was talking about these. Uh, you know, as people started realizing that the earth was round, started uh, talking about this concept of potentially somebody called antipodes, like um, people who were theoretically on the other side of the of the earth. He said, he said, how is it that those, how is it with those who imagine that there are antipodes opposite to our footsteps? Do they say anything to the purpose? Or is there anyone so senseless as to believe that there are men whose footsteps are higher than their heads? Or that the things which with us are in a recumbent position with them hang in an inverted direction? That the crops and trees grow downwards? That the rains and snows and hail fall upwards to the earth? Like there's, there's no way there could be people on the other side of the planet, he thought. And then even St. Saint, Saint Augustine said, as to the fable that there are antipodes, that is to say men on the opposite side of the earth, where the sun rises when it sets on us, 
men who walk with their feet opposite of ours, there is no reason for believing it. Those who affirm it do not claim to possess any actual information. They merely conjecture that since the earth is suspended within the concavity of the heavens and that there is as much room on the one side as it is on the other, therefore the part which is beneath cannot be void of human inhabitants. They fail to notice, even should it be believed or demonstrated that the world is round or spherical in form, it does not follow that part of the earth opposite to us is not completely covered with water or that any conjectured dry land should there should be inhabited by men. For scripture, which confirms the truth of its historical statements by the accomplishments of its prophecies, teaches not falsehood. And it is too absurd to say that some men might have set sail from this side and traversing the immense expanse of ocean have propagated there a race of human beings descended from that one first man. And so they're, they're starting to wrestle with this idea that maybe the cosmos is bigger than we thought. Maybe the earth is round, but there's no way humans could be on the other side of the planet because of our theology. To, to admit that there would be humans on the other side of the planet would be to also expand your theology. And then there was a man named Robert Grossetest who looked at John 1 and he took Augustine's uh, mysticism and talked about potentially there being a universe where that began with a point of light flowing out into time and space. And in a book called Dangerous Mystic by Joel Harrington, and Joel Harrington uh, quotes him and, and, and talks about how it's, it's not unlike the singular density postulated by modern physics. It's different, but their cosmology was expanding and so was some of their, their theological implications of that. They still had an earth-centered cosmology though. And Giordano Bruno in the 1500s, imagined a universe where the stars were suns that had their own planets and contained life. And he combined philosophy and math and poetry and theoretical cosmology and had a view of universalism and was burned at the stake. And then after him, we had a guy named Tycho Brahe, who was the last great European astronomer to never use a telescope. And he was too afraid to accept that we were revolving around the sun because he thought that would mean that the universe would be 700 times larger with 300 million more times more volume than he believed it had. Like, can you imagine if he only knew how much larger it actually was? He couldn't imagine why God would make so much empty space. In a book called Love and Quasars, Paul Wallace, who is an astrophysicist, said that he resisted a larger, stranger universe because he resisted a larger and stranger God. And since then, we've discovered the Big Bang, the Big Bang. 
we've discovered how it's accelerating, expanding at an accelerating rate. And it's been expanding for at least 13.8 billion years. It's getting faster. And in the same way, human consciousness has been expanding. And with our growing awareness of the universe that we're in and the universe that's within us, the expansion of our consciousness is accelerating as well. There's a author named Rob Bell, and he talks about how some of his earlier books, when he looks back on where he was then, and he was asked, you know, how, how he thinks about those earlier writings that he did. He said, would I write that now? No. Am I interested in some of those same things? No. What do I do? I just smile. That guy was giving it everything he had. Yeah, I was doing what I could with what I had at the time. And I did my best to write it down. So I made peace with that a long time ago. And you can too. You love all the yous. And if somebody says, well, this is a lot different than what you used to write, yeah, it's called maturity. It's called growth. It's called evolution. It's called expansion. It's what the universe has been doing for 13 billion years. I fig I'd figured I'd join in. And I figured I'd join in with my writing and my words. And so I think that's what Rainer Maria Rilke is, is talking about here is as we see throughout history, we're living our lives in widening circles, reaching out, and we know that we probably have an incomplete picture of what's going on, and yet we're okay with that. And we give ourselves to wherever we're at, and we expand into deeper awareness and meet every part of that expansion of awareness with love. <laughs>